Welcome to episode 17 of the RMD podcast from Reverse Mortgage Daily. I'm Chris Clow, editor of RMD. In this episode, we sat down with Christina Harms Heike, reverse mortgage originator at C2 Reverse in San Diego, to discuss how business has been progressing in a very active region of the country for reverse mortgages in the midst of the ongoing COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. Recent indicators show an increased level of home equity conversion mortgage volume in 2020 when compared with last year, and the pandemic is likely not a small contributor to that. How have Christina and other originators been handling it? We'll discuss this, her journey into the reverse mortgage industry, and more. Hope you enjoy it. Christina, thank you so much for joining me on the RMD podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me today. Oh, it's our distinct pleasure. So I always like to start off episodes of the podcast with something of an origin story for for the subject. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got your start in the mortgage and reverse mortgage industries for for the few people who may not be aware of who you are. <laughs> Absolutely. I love telling it because I am a bit on the younger side, so it um, it helps understand the story. When I was 16, I babysat a lot. And one summer, my dad said to me, you need to get a real job. Why don't you come work for me in my office? (laughs) And uh, a lot of people know my dad, Scott Harms. He's also in the industry. And at that time, I worked in his office every summer through high school and college. And then once I graduated college, I studied finance. So it lended really well to come and work with him as a mortgage broker. I started in his office actually as a mortgage broker and realtor. And I would help first-time homebuyers get their first home and I would help them with the real estate and the uh, mortgage. And, you know, that's a lot of handholding and a lot of emotions. And it's, it's really rewarding to give somebody the keys to their dreams, their first home. It paled in comparison to that first reverse mortgage I ever did Mm -hmm. about probably 10 years ago. I did my first reverse mortgage with my dad and at the closing table, the wife had tears in her eyes and you could just see she was so relieved. She had been so stressed. She didn't, they didn't have kids. They didn't have a lot of finances and the reverse mortgage came in and changed their life and it changed my life forever as well. So for the last eight years, I've been focused mostly all on reverse. And today I only do reverse. It's been a privilege to be able to switch my business completely over to reverse only as a mortgage broker. Mm-hmm. That's that's terrific. And uh, you you even just said, you know, that you are on the younger side when it comes to a lot of reverse mortgage professionals that operate in the space today. I know that the industry has a lot of desire to sort of bring new professionals into the fold to varying levels of success. In some parts of the country, it seems like it's working really well. In other parts of the country, not so much. What do you think might be able to help lead other younger professionals into the reverse mortgage industry? And do you think that, uh, from your perspective anyway, that there's progress happening there? Yeah, I I can't really tell. Honestly, I feel like I work with a lot of professionals that are a bit older. I don't see a lot of younger people that come into the space. I can probably count on my hands a dozen of actual people who do reverse that work with the client, like loan originators themselves. I'm sitting at the kitchen table with the client doing the work. I am probably count a dozen or so, but I can't say those dozen are really, really passionate about it and really doing well. So I think that passion 
and that success will naturally bring others in. But I can't really tell, you know, is that happening yet? Is it, is it happening at all? Where is it happening? C2 is a little bit of an older base of age just because you have to know what you're doing. So I think I'm, I'm insulated from knowing the bigger industry. How many new, younger, fa- fresh faces are coming in to do reverse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I think that that's a, a very valid perspective, of course. And I know that C2 is generally a high performer when it comes to reverse orig- originations that are both on the Heckam side and the proprietary side. But let's go back in time a little bit to just before the COVID-19 pandemic started affecting the world and, and the United States. Compared with what you're seeing right now, what did the status quo for the business look like in your region at the start of the year? At the start of the year, I really think it was near 50% jumbos or portfolios, proprietaries. I say the other ones because there were a lot of condos that we were doing that aren't necessarily in the million-dollar value range, but that weren't FHA approved. I think it was near 50% for me, honestly. And I think that's changed quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the idea of the pandemic affecting the business, just from a reporting standpoint, on, on my side of things, it seemed to take hold really fast. So when the pandemic was in its early days and the, the president declared the national emergency in March, I'm sure that you had a lot of concerns swirling around in your head, as, as a lot of people in the industry did. When it comes to just business, though, were you concerned that the pandemic would cause a slowdown? Well, I I had the benefit of being very involved in the broker community, and I get to see what goes on with the forward mortgages a lot with the brokers. And it was interesting. The forward world changed very, very quickly. All their guidelines got you know, thrown around back and forth and back and forth. And I was kind of glad to be under FHA. And I wasn't fully expecting our jumbos and portfolios to kind of go through the same transitions. And they did. And it really, it really made it a little less stable. I think I've really built my reputation on being constant, fair, doing what I said I would do. And I kind of took a step back from attracting those portfolio type clients just because I would say, yes, this is what we're going to do. And if we close, you know, tomorrow we can do it. But however long this takes, I can't guarantee. And you never can guarantee, but within whatever I can possibly control, I always really do try to miss hit the exact mark I said I would. And when all of the instability came in with that, it definitely changed my outlook on how to interact with clients, the conversations that I had, the clients I was attracting. And it really shifted that to more FHA HECMs than jumbos and portfolios. And I think I get a lot of referrals from financial planners as well. And the financial planners kind of skewed down towards their lower end clients who needed the most help as well. So I think everyone's focus shifted from really planning and protecting and having high level financial conversations to more of a, I don't know, the phrase in sailing, it's like bolt the hatch and everybody just kind of grabbed on and, and okay, let's protect, protect the people who need it the most. And that's really more of the FHA type product. Sure. Can you say a little bit more about what maybe some of the the early warning signs for you 
were that caused you to change your posture? Was it something that you were seeing maybe specifically in the business or was it just the idea that, wow, this is a global event that is probably going to hit us the same way that it's hitting everybody else? Was it more just like general caution or was there something more industry specific? It was both really early on. It was general caution because we have seniors and it was being said that it was targeting seniors more. And so for me personally, I said, okay, I'm going to quarantine myself very carefully so that I don't get this to any of my clients. I I actually had a signing in the beginning of March in a nursing home and everyone was in masks and gloves. And there was a few power of attorneys, a few family members. And it just was really obvious to me at that point that, okay, if I have to come to these signings where I need to hold hands and be very, very attentive, I need to stay healthy. So that changed my personal outlook and my personal activities. And then it was very apparent too that signing, the client herself wanted to come home and she was just desperate to get out of there. And that changed my outlook immediately. And I think what's followed, I've seen a lot of that people coming home from care, um, doing the reverse mortgages for that specific situation of getting out of a nursing home or hoping to not have to get into one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think the perspective, especially of the uh, additional caution that are exhibited by clients is something that a lot of reverse mortgage professionals would take to heart just because, well, they're talking to seniors every day. And if this is something that's actually affecting them, then it has no choice but to affect the professionals that work with them too, at least I would think. But well, in in terms of sort of the early days of the pandemic, what would you say was the first pandemic-related occurrence that made you realize that this was having an impact outside and beyond your, your own backyard in the reverse mortgage industry? Did your level of inbound calls change? Did appraisals or document execution become more challenging? What was that first quote-unquote domino to fall? For me, it was really the initial round of PLF cuts on the jumbos that was um, eye-opening to say the least, because I had files in process and that, you know, that wasn't something I was expecting. Typically it had always been, they expand the program and your client benefits from it. I hadn't had to go back to a client and say, I'm sorry, this is unprecedented times. This is what we're dealing with. And here's what your numbers look like now. So that for me personally was, was really the, the big impact that I felt. Mm -hmm. Sure. Did you run into any additional difficulties with things like appraisals or document execution, or has that stuff actually been relatively smooth in terms of your business? Well, fortunately, I had always been virtual. And I do go to my clients' homes and sit at their kitchen table sometimes, but that's pretty much gone away. The majority of my business was virtual anyways, and we work through mail. We work through helping clients actually learn technology, meeting them where they're at, you know, figuring out what level of technology they're comfortable with and just working within that. So I think I was actually in a good situation to be able to adapt and thrive and walk people through it because I wasn't scared. And I think the loan officers sometimes project their insecurity in how they're going to move forward. So, you know, if you're sitting with a client, 
well, on Zoom, of course, these days, and you're not sure that, okay, we can have them text pictures, we can have them go to the local FedEx, we can have them mail them, oh, this person actually have a scanner. Um, If you're not confident in being able to pivot with whatever their needs are, I think that comes across and it freaks them out. And so then they're not sure how they would possibly get documents to you rather than just being very easygoing about it. And yeah, we'll accommodate whatever it is you need. So that was always kind of my method is just accommodate them. They're, they're the person who's not as comfortable with technology. Typically I am very comfortable with whatever level of technology they want to work with and I'm not going to force them to try to learn it. So I, yeah, I I actually am very grateful for having been positioned that way before this. Yeah. and, And that kind of brings up another interesting question, I think, just in terms of your own organization, because my guess, and please correct me if I'm wrong, would be that your predisposition to already working remotely and working digitally could have been a big benefit to a lot of people at C2 who may not have been used to working that way. Did you find yourself maybe having to offer perspectives on how people who weren't working remotely or digitally before providing them some information so that they could make the jump? Absolutely. And it it wasn't just at C2. I'm in various reverse mortgage groups, primarily on Facebook, or some CRMPs have created Zoom calls, kind of a happy hour type thing. And it was interesting, the conversations, because you would see people just lean back in their chairs and go, oh, my clients would never, ever, I have to go to their home. I Mm -hmm. have to sit at their kitchen table. And And it's interesting because I've been there early in my career. I was afraid they wouldn't be able to do the technology. But it's interesting when you actually coach them a little bit through it or tell them, oh, well, my last client just did this. Can, do you think you can get through that? Or, you know, do you have a smartphone? How comfortable are you with email? That process has been really pushback by the loan originators. And I've seen a lot of sparked faces and I've gotten excited myself to see, oh, good. They're adapting the information. They're going to try this with their next client. So I haven't followed up with a lot of people on, you know, how did that actually go for you? But I definitely did say, here's my process. Here's how we work it. It's worked very well for our clients. And I'm hoping you can take it to your clients and work that same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Well, and I think um, I, I know that you were on a panel sort of talking about that transition at the summer virtual Nermala meeting. And yeah, it sounds like that kind of leadership on your part would be really beneficial for the industry, a, a, an industry that could always, it seems, have some forward momentum in terms of the incorporation of technology. And then, of course, every business in the world had to really embrace technology maybe on a faster timetable than they would have if there wasn't a global pandemic on. So I'm glad to see that that's that's something that other professionals in the industry took advantage of in terms of your own previous experiences with it. And I'm sure that that must have taken at least some of the stress off of you at least in terms of having to adjust what you were doing in your business? Or is that not the case? Maybe the insanity of everything going on right now superseded that. No, it did take a little pressure off because sometimes I would have clients say, oh, well, I'd like to meet you in person. And where's the headquarters? 
And of course, we can schedule to meet and have a conference at the, the headquarters, but it really is a bump in my day if I need to drive there, drive back. And when I can just schedule back to back to back Zoom calls all day, I knew that was very efficient from years ago. But the client didn't. And I think mm-hmm. now they're seeing, oh, you know what? Zoom calls kind of easy. It's not difficult to do. I like being able to interact. And as soon as we're done, I can get on with the rest of my day. So that was really the only, the only thing was sometimes people would ask to meet in person and that's really dropped down. Nobody really asked to meet in person at all anymore. Sure. Yeah, of course. That's understandable. Well, it's now been seven months since the national emergency was declared and uh, the reverse mortgage industry at large has sort of had to adapt to this new normal that everybody is kind of embroiled in. Overall, how would you say that your own business has been faring over the course of that time? I would say we've really changed people's lives in the past seven months. And there was always some portion of my clientele that was, you know, in the more fear-based category, but it wasn't a large portion. Most of my referrals come from financial planners and other mortgage people who see the numbers and see a better planning strategy that the reverse can help with. Mm -hmm. It wasn't typically that lowest common denominator. I don't have any money. I'm so stressed. I'm so fearful of what the future would hold. That wasn't my typical client. But since the pandemic happened, I don't think that profile is necessarily the client I've seen, but the fear and the anxiety has been there anyways. And I think we've really, really helped people understand what a reverse mortgage is, how it can help protect them today and tomorrow, and really help them be more empowered and really see the amazing investment they made in home ownership and how it can protect them now. I think that we've been able to help a lot of families pay for in-home care. And that really is a big one, you know, bringing mom home from the nursing home or paying for her care because on moving day, she decided to refuse to go and the kids would not push her. Those sort of stories have been a lot more prevalent this year. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think that that's really understandable and encouraging that this is an option for them. You've already talked a little bit about sort of the posture of seniors in terms of their more cautious approach to in-person meetings, even if that's still something they'd prefer to do. But what have you noticed in conversations with your clients about things that have changed for them on a financial level, which might lead more of them to at least consider a uh, solution that stems from taking out a reverse mortgage? Honestly, it's all about the families these days. There are, at least it seems to me and what's coming to my business, an abundance of people who have adult children who need help. Mm -hmm. And if they can stop their mortgage payment or receive some money from their mortgage, they can help take care of their adult children and their grandkids. That's been a a very common switch that I wasn't expecting to see. And I think part of it is because people are being retired early. So there's a lot of teachers that are being asked to go back to school and are deciding, you know what, 
I only had a couple of years left anyways. I'm just done. We had a, a retired police officer. They're just retiring a couple of years earlier than they had ever expected to. And the reverse can come in and really help them make sure that that's okay. And I think it was an option they never considered looking at before because they just planned on working for another three, four or five years. Mm-hmm. But when that situation changed and it's really a risk to their health to continue working, the reverse is, is, I think I'm getting more people that wouldn't have been open before. And now they're going, okay, what's this thing all about? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I mean, it's it's good that it's at least uh, an option that they can explore further, especially if they're in a situation where they determine that it might just be in their best interest to retire a couple of years early, because obviously that's a decision that will probably create some additional financial stress. So looking at other financial tools and instruments seems like a pretty logical choice. I've heard from a lot of originators around the country who tell me that they have larger loan pipelines and that the additional volume is actually tough for them to manage, especially if they're working in in smaller shops. Is that the case for you at all? Um, are you having difficulty managing your pipeline or is it, uh, is it under control? Is it larger? What, what would you say? It is larger, but I feel really, really lucky in how all of this came together and the timing that it did because I actually stepped down from management in January 2020 and set out to build my own team and build it big so we could handle a large volume. And I can get some of my my personal lifetime back because I, I have worked lots of hours. And so it was really interesting. I was planning and hiring to grow a team anyhow. And at the same time, the volume has just exploded. And so I think it really helped give my team the practice that they needed. Well, we have somebody who's new to the industry and then I actually work with uh, two other CRMPs. So it it was interesting to see it gave the newer person more practice and in a hurry. And then I think it made the other CRMPs on my team just really, really good because we had situations that were tough. We don't have vanilla deals. And one of I think the things that I've built my reputation, my business on is helping people. If it can be done, I can do it. I will, I will figure out how to make it work. And then I'll be very honest if it's just not going to work. But that means that my team has some new issues and bumps to figure out in actually getting a loan from start to finish with the various situations that come across our desks. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, well, from, from your perspective, based on, some of the adjustments that you've had to make to some business practices. Is there anything that you expect to change on a potentially more permanent basis once we're on the other side of the pandemic, like operational processes, customer outreach methods, or maybe things that the industry should learn as a result of having to go through this collectively? Uh, It's interesting for me personally, I just really think the the work-life balance is very, very nice now with being able to work from home and scheduling in more meetings within the same business day because you can do Zoom. And so I think it, it really opened the eyes of the, the world, really, but especially reverse mortgage because we were... We still are quite behind the forward mortgage industry 
and all of their technologies and their efficiencies and their speed. And I think it showed the reverse mortgage originators, pretty much everyone involved across all channels of reverse, that technology was good and efficient and, hey, we can get things done faster and easier. And for me, my clients benefit huge. With a virtual team, we're getting files closed in 30 days and accommodating whatever they need, which, um, you know, I think reverse has partially a bad reputation because sometimes it can be a bumpy road. So if we can make it look smooth and easy by utilizing DocuSign, by utilizing Zoom, by making it easy and pulling the records from online that we can for them or helping them through that process, I think it will change the reputation of reverse for the better to make it a normal, smooth loan process in addition to a more widely known about option. Mm-hmm. Certainly. What's your business outlook for the rest of 2020 as we go into 2021? And, I, and I'd love to be able to tack on too. you know, the, the news recently came out about the fact that the LIBOR index is now going to be going away at the end of the year. And I'm wondering if that affects your outlook on things at all. It does. My outlook for business is very good. I mean, I bet my whole career on reverse mortgages, I think it is going to be the revert uh, the mortgage of the future i think it's going to be the saving grace for boomers on a much larger scale than we've ever seen it and i don't know exactly when that will be you know i my outlook for 2021 that'd be great if that turning point happened right now who knows but i actually think the move from libor to cmt will will really be good in that it will weed out anyone who's not in the business for the right reasons and to me the right reason is always to benefit the borrower. Mm-hmm. It's You always need to do the right thing by the client. And sometimes I think reverse has a reputation and attracts some people that think, oh, I'll just do mortgages and do them quick and easy. And, and uh, I think that person will be weeded out with the, the change. I think that'll be a really good thing for our industry. I also think the world has changed. And even if we go back to normal, whatever that looks like, people are changed. I don't think people have ever embraced the idea of deferring mortgage payments. And through this whole experience, everyone at every age understood the idea of deferring a mortgage payment. And it's not such an uncommon foreign concept anymore because if one person didn't do it, they probably knew someone who did or they watched the news about it. And so it's not so scary and unknown for people to even think of what, how could I have a mortgage without making the payment? Because now they've experienced how that can work. And I think that will benefit us in our conversations hugely to be able to relay something more familiar. I think that's the most, one of the biggest problems with reverse is that it's just unknown. It's foreign. You know, people don't believe it. I have to make a payment if I have a mortgage. And this just changed everything. I think reverse will be the key to helping people retire and really enjoying their last years. I know anyone who's experienced uh, a death in a, uh, through this whole time, it seems like people are really looking to live a full life and appreciate every day because they've actually seen people they've known and loved not expect to leave this earth so quickly, and they did. 
And I think that's going to shift the mindset from the scrimp and save and, and who knows what may happen. And I have to leave everything to the kids to, you know, let me protect myself and enjoy my time here. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, Christina Harms, Heike, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on, on this episode of the RMD podcast. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope that things continue to go well and that you continue to stay well. Thank you, Chris. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to episode 17 of the RMD podcast. Again, a very special thanks to Christina Harms Heike at C2 Reverse for being so generous with her time in talking reverse mortgages with us. For more news and insights on the reverse mortgage industry, be sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at reversemortgagedaily.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to the RMD podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast content. I'm Chris Clow, and this has been a production of Aging Media Network based in Chicago, Illinois. See you next time.